You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This month, we are celebrating our four-year anniversary. That's right. The Boss Ladies and Babies podcast is four years old this month. And to celebrate for the rest of 2022, we will be sharing some of our favorite and most listened to podcast episodes over the last four years. Taking the stroll down memory lane has been so incredible to see the amount of growth that this show has truly had, and I cannot wait to share some of our most popular episodes with all of you. So enjoy this stroll down memory lane. Enjoy the awkward moments of those beginning episodes. Enjoy the impactful stories from some of our favorite guests, and we will return in 2023 with new, fresh episodes. And until then... Happy birthday to us. Mamas, are you searching for your community? Are you still searching for your village? I was feeling the same thing when I became a mom and decided that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur. So I felt called to change this and created my own safe space for boss ladies with babies. And I don't just mean infants. Our children will always be our babies. That is a place full of support, resources, and community to help each other break the mold, create a new culture, and make our biggest dreams come true, all while being the mama that we've always dreamed of. Boss Ladies and Babies Headquarters was created for you. This is a community where you can come as you are, share your goals, share your dreams, share the highs and lows of business and motherhood and everything in between, and be fully supported by a community of women who understand you and what you're going through. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters is full of education, support, accountability, inspiration, and most of all, connection with other women. Check out the link in the show notes to become a member of Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters today. Your village is waiting. One of my favorite things about this show is the diversity in guests that we have on and the conversations we get to have with people from all different walks of life. This episode was so much fun because we sat down with ex-wives to talk about same-sex marriage, motherhood, co-parenting, and to go over some of the ridiculous questions that they've been asked as queer moms. So enjoy this episode as we dig into their experiences, what it's like, and some advice that they have for our listeners. Hey, Beth and Christina. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Thank you guys so much for coming on and chatting with us tonight. Um, So Megan and I have um, tried really hard to make this boss lady space really empowering for other women. 
um, building up moms, you know, we've kind of, we, we've started dipping our toes into being really bold and out there with our like political stances. We got really, you know, all into um, Black Lives Matter. We kind of had to skip over pride and we wanted to bring a little bit more diversity onto our show because Megan and I, as straight middle-class white girls know that we don't know a lot of experiences of other people and we really wanted to bring that on here and let you guys kind of share your life you know experiences and and all of that with us so I appreciate you coming on to talk with us about that all right well you have middle-class white women that are just not straight so you you got (laughs) that much we're happy to help we're sorry Steps, you know. Maybe <laughs> take it where you well, can get guys. it sometimes. <laughs> Before we get started, why don't you guys um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves? Uh, Beth, you want to go first? No, you get to go first. Okay. <laughs> I tried. It's good uh, work. Uh, my name is Christina King. I am, and uh, Beth is my ex-wife, and she's the other parent to our twin daughters, Avery and Eli. Um, I am, I'll be 42 years old this month, which seems like I should be so much more together than I currently am. And um, and so, let's see, I, uh, what else? I'm an attorney. I represent people who are in the CPS system, so... I get to have moments and a lot of moments in my life that remind me that I'm doing just fine as a parent, um, <laughs> you know, which is actually important because I think we're all seconds and inches. We could all be seconds and inches from being there. Um, what else? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's my job. That's my life. Uh, I, I, I have the girls here uh, most of the time about two nights a week, sometimes up to three, sometimes one. Beth and I, I think co-parent pretty well together, et cetera. And um, yeah, that's about me. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Your turn. <laughs> so once you, once you get me started, it's kind of hard to shut me up, um, but I've never <sighs> done anything like this before. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so We're here to I'm talk. Here to talk. <laughs> I'm now in my comfort zone. Um, I just turned 40 and I'm not super excited about it. Like 40 in the middle of, you know, can't see anyone is kind of depressing, but everything's depressing right now. So sorry, that was really depressing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going, keeping it a little bit lighter, maybe. Um, we keep it real here. Keep it real. Yeah. It went. It wasn't exactly, I've been like tre- dreaming of like a grown up trip to Disneyland, but you know, that wasn't quite what happened. Um, you know, um, but that's all right. And so obviously I have the same two children as Christina, um, Eli and Avery. And, um, and I totally get to call Christina out for not also mentioning Dax. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, basically. Wow, Dax is going to listen to this and kill us. Like, we're the worst parents ever. Right there. Worst parents ever. You. He's going to kill you. Uh, (laughs) I always take Beth down with me. There's a glaring fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally true. Um, So, oh, except I, when did we get together? Like, 2003, four, something like that? 2006. It was, thanks. I don't know. It's all running together. Thank you. 
Um, yeah. So I, not long after we got together, uh, our, our nephew, um, who is Christina's, I, I didn't know at the time, but Christina's, um, sister's kids, uh, came to live with us. And so first we raised him. Um, and then, and so he came to live with us when he was like 12 or 13. And then he stayed until he was a grown up. Um, that's the short, short version of the story. There's much Very longer short. version. Way, way shortened. So when he was 16, I think, 16, 17, yep. then our, our, 16. our girls were born. Um, and, um, and I've been in Bellingham for 10 years. Um, but prior to that, like lived in and grew up in the Seattle suburbs and, um, never ventured very far from home. This is as far as it gets for me. Um, and you know, and I have a, the daily struggle of like, not, not being enough in any of the things I'm, um, the autism specialist for local school district and, um, trained as a special ed teacher and, um, very much want to be a behavior analyst and, um, you know, want to always do all the things and I'm never quite enough at all, any, any of the things. So that's kind of my daily struggle. We talk about that a lot on the show. I feel like that is the, such a common daily struggle. So you're not alone. That's so hard. We just always want to do it all. And we're just, we're all just one person. So So try to give yourself a little grace. That's so cliche, but I mean, that's what I always tell myself and it kind of helps, but. Radical imposter syndrome there. And she's really, really good at all of those positions in her life. Like with kids and special needs, especially with our kids, like nobody has as much patience, I think, as Beth does, even though that's probably her biggest complaint is always that she doesn't have enough patience, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think every parent probably relates to, at least the ones I talk to. I always joke that I'm surveying parents about whatever I'm struggling with. I'm still doing a survey (laughs) about whether or not three years old is the worst age. And our kids are are nine now. (laughs) Oh, no. It's still the worst age. Um, it's an ongoing survey, but but that's definitely something that she's always saying. I feel like I don't have the patience, whatever. And it's she has more patience than anybody I know. But like that's something you know, from my you know my own experience and everybody else I've talked to. Like you know, we always think we don't have enough patience. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. But every parent that doesn't question themselves are the ones that I worry about. You know, mm-hmm. so so best self view in my personal opinion is radically inaccurate. So she's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't, wasn't <laughs> until I became a parent that I discovered that I had a limit to my patience. Like, I've always <laughs> done things that required a lot of patience. And I always prided myself on having an endless supply. And then it ran out, I think, when they were about three. And um, I was really devastated. And I still can't get over it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> patience is a, a virtue. That's for sure. A... Yeah. <laughs> chasing and totally accurate yeah mm-hmm. yeah um okay well good to get to know you guys a little bit but um so I have to be honest I'm like this is our honest zone we are so big on that here Excellent. Um, I was like okay we we really want to get like two moms on here to talk to like okay what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about and I'm like I I don't know what to talk about <laughs> well one because I'm like I know Christina I mean it's not like you guys are like weird or different like you just had a wife instead of a husband nope don't talk about it we're super weird (laughs) i'm like it's not i don't know i feel like 
I grew up in California, but like living in Bellingham for so long, this seems to be such a like um, welcoming progressive town, which we will get into a little more because I know everything isn't always as bright and shiny as it seems. But I was like, okay, what do, what do we talk to them about? I don't want to be like insensitive or rude or just totally ignorant on topics and be like, oh, who's the dad? Like, obviously those are not the kind of questions. Like, that's <laughs> the point. So I literally Googled. I'm like, all right, what are some <laughs> questions that I should not ask them? <laughs> so Ooh, what were they? I want to know. So real funny oh it was definitely on there was the top one who's was like the dad? so who's the dad and i'm like are people really like that people dumb? ask weird like, stuff people ask the... really really weird stuff I'm but sure. I, that's a totally legit question um i mean i feel like i don't know like it doesn't right if nobody talks about like how you make a baby without a dad um then that like that doesn't really demystify things for people yeah um, but I, I have to say that um, one of one of the kids' teachers um, told a story about how um, Eli was having lunch in Avery's classroom one day. And, um, and she, without, like, thinking twice about it, and I love that she didn't know to think twice about it, she, she told the other kids, like, you don't have to have a dad to make a baby. You just need some sperm. <laughs> <laughs> before but not in like a classroom setting and I'm just like oh, wow yeah. I hope that kid was ready for that answer <laughs> I know. It's a big, big answer imagine being that parent oh. coming home oh. so my friend Eli said that <laughs> oh yeah well good for her that's a good answer though it's totally true so I thought that it would be nice to get a little bit of background on you guys and your life prior to being moms because we're all we're all much more than just moms you had a whole life before a whole life after or like during you know you're never really Ish. after yeah but um yeah I thought maybe you guys could share a little bit with us about your journey pre-motherhood and getting there wow well, uh, uh how much do you want <laughs> That's I mean we try to keep show. it to about an hour but go for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I'm going to go first on this one because I guarantee Beth has more. Okay. What? I guarantee Beth has more <laughs> on this one. So, because becoming a parent was never on my list until like right before I met Beth, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'd be open to that idea. Right. <laughs> um, I grew up in a tiny little town in Texas. And, um, and so like coming out was a big deal. All the sort of things were was a big deal. That's something Beth and I both have in common is like coming from pretty conservative households. But um, when I moved to Bellingham and when Beth and I got into a relationship and she was definitely like, I want to be a mom or like beeline. I want to be a parent. Um, but prior to that, like I was always, you know, I was a, I was a punk kid who did a lot of running the streets and making a lot of really big mistakes. And as I like to say, you know, on stage with the spotlight kind of big mistakes is how I like to mm. make my mistakes, mm-hmm. preferably with everybody I care about watching. Um, I haven't outgrown that particular phase of my life yet, but I'm, going to any day now so um <laughs> but uh I did sit them in a lot more drastic ways back when I was 19 20 etc and then I got my life together I went to college and went to ended up going to law school etc which is what brought me to the Pacific Northwest and that's when I ended up meeting Beth we met through match.com you know 
my understanding is now it's like super skeezy but back in the day that was hmm. like the yeah. edge work of like this is right. how you meet people online isn't this yeah. new and nifty right <laughs> and I liked it because I'm an introvert and you can just like reject people without meeting them so I liked I could like scroll through things and be like no 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 and they didn't even know it was great right. um but um so like I had some of that stuff but coming out for me and all that was like a big big deal you know there was a period where my mother didn't speak to me for a long time um mm-hmm all that sort of stuff, which I think led to some of my instability, like as a much younger person. And so when I came to the Pacific Northwest and like particularly Seattle, and then even when we ended up moving up here and being in like this kind of area where queer is just such not a big deal that it, it's sort of bizarre to me, you know, and I have to say that today living in the environment, the political environment we live in, I think, May, reminds me of some of that. Like I, we, I went over with a friend of mine to go camping this past weekend and we drove through some Eastern Washington areas. And I just had those moments where suddenly I realized, you know, I'm pretty butch. I have short hair. I mean, I don't actually have it tattooed on my forehead, but I feel like I do where I just had those moments where I was like, am I safe? And mm-hmm. I had not had those thoughts in like just, you know, decades really. And it was just one of those things that were just really harking back to those years. And so it was just very odd. But, um, yeah, so some of that was just, like, a big part of the journey prior to that point. And now having kids, though, and realizing, like, what all that means as a parent and all those sort of things just has a completely different connotation now, you know. And what do I want to teach my kids when it comes to that? What do I want to teach my kids for how they interact with other people or when they see um, things, like, on television or something like that or when they hear things or you know, we were watching Babysitter's Club, the new version, and there's a transgender kid on, or a transgender kid on that show. We were talking about that and learning about different languages and things like that and identities and, and understanding who you are as a person might not be who other th- people think you are and all that sort of stuff. Um, it just has kind of a totally different world now. But mm-hmm. um, that kind of leads me up to the short version of, and then I met Beth um, until, you know, and she was totally about like, I want to be a mom. But Beth's story, too, I want to be a mom, is a lot longer. So I'm <laughs> over her for that. <laughs> get on, Beth. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was kind of the life dream for me. It was like, I'm going to be a mom. And, um, and so when I was, I think, when I was 19, I, uh, I started having, like, like I want to be a mom tantrum. But I had these really, like, lofty goals about what it was going to be like and how I needed to wait until I had like reached a certain point in life and like you know I would really what I wanted was to be really ready so I could be really present because I really wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be able to be present for and enjoy the experience and um and so I made a list I still have it <laughs> that's awesome and, uh, it is kind of awesome <laughs> um, of all the things I needed to do, like that I felt like I wanted to do and have done and be ready, like to be ready to like have kids. And, um, and really back then, and you know, what I, I felt like was I would, if I ended up with a partner, like that would be great, but that would be a bonus. Like I was like, had a life plan and I was going to like work my life plan so that I could be a mom, whether I was single or not. And, um, and um, I was just, you know, if I had been a single person, I was just planning on one, um, you know, though there was a part of me that wanted to have like a billion children, right. But that just didn't seem <laughs> practical if I was going to be a single person. Um, and so it wasn't until I was 30 
you know, so I, you know, I met Christina and that's, you know, that was like, you know, from the outset with anyone ever that I was in a relationship with was like a deal breaker. I want to be a mom. And, um, like if, and that, that was just, that was non-negotiable for me. That was like my number one. And, um, you know, so then I met Christina and she was like the bonus. Right. So, um, that was, yeah. So then, so then, you know, then there was Dax and that I think kind of delayed things and, uh, uh, probably longer than it would have been otherwise. And, um, you know, so then, you know, 11, 11, 12 years after I made my plan, <laughs> the kids came, <laughs> um, not exactly as planned. Um, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> there was nothing about it that went as planned. Um, yeah, which is, I, I think I still, like, that's still a struggle. I think I'm still trying to catch back up to the plan. Um, I guess, yeah. yeah. That was going to be one of our questions was just what obstacles you had in becoming mothers. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think yeah. really, like, probably what felt like bigger obstacles to me were were just the like logistics of like being ready to be a parent like more so than becoming a mom the way that we did it um there there were you know there was a few extra costs involved but um right when you have to pay for your sperm (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not free with lesbians well I have to say I think we pay for it also in maybe a different way that's true I do believe that's probably true totally fairly true (laughs) yeah just not with your MasterCard yeah yeah I don't want to talk about the fact that I still haven't paid off that bill um I know I know. I, Christina probably didn't even know that yet. Still, still just been carrying the balance for nine years. Whatever. Right. So yeah, we might've put it on a credit card because it's, you know, costing money. <laughs> I uh, have a quick question about that. Yeah. A silly question. So, you know, like in the movies, when you see couples that are going to have a sperm donor and they're going through the book, looking at the potential donors and their pictures and all their stats, is that, is that what you guys got to do? Kind of, except for it's a little bit more like ordering a pizza online. Okay. And here's why. I, I love that analogy. Because Would you like really extra like sperm? Yeah. Hold on. Children. Okay. I'll let them know you said hi. Thank you. Yep. Hi. Um, make sure they all know. Eli says hi, guys. Hi. Um, hi, Eli. And so does Avery. And so, um, but you, you basically, it's a little bit like ordering a pizza online. And um, you, we got on the website for after we had done all the things, like set up a profile and all this sort of stuff. And um, you go through and you try, you basically kind of click for the, um, the, the phenotype of what you're looking for, you know, what you want them to generally look like. So like in my case, I was going with people who kind of look like they might have some of my genetic um, history. Like mm-hmm. my mother has green eyes. I was always jealous of my mom having green eyes because um, I have brown eyes, you know, and I was like, oh, they're pretty or whatever, you know, the things you think when you're a kid. And um, so I ordered, uh, so I clicked, you know, it'd be ideal if I had somebody with brown eyes and, or with green eyes. And then, you know, somebody tall, fair skin um, and with dark hair. So somebody in, 
Irish descent because, you know, I have a lot of Irish descent in me, blah, 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 blah. So those are some of the things we're looking for. And then I'll tell you people who are kind of in that category. Mm. But just like if you went to like, I don't know, Domino's or something like that and you click, you know, you want all of your audition list, it'll give you like your list. And it felt a lot like that when I was clicking it. And it would give you the list of all the people who kind of fell into that category and they matched by 100% or 98% or 90 whatever percent or 80% and um, would tell you also like, you could pick if they were musically inclined or athletic. And I was, oh I used to joke that if you're going to be messing with, you know, nature, let's mess the right way. So I initially <laughs> picked somebody who was also musically inclined and athletic because I am neither. I thought you everything so it's clear. Because I am neither. Oh, because neither of us are. But, you know, <laughs> I figured I we think- could at least try. I thought you were trying to offset all of my not-so-great qualities, like my, you know, singing, my singing inability and my lack of athleticism and my shortness, remember? Because I'm oh, really no, short. I did, we always joked that I ordered tall babies. <laughs> like, the guy or whatever is like six. In fact, I joked at one point he was like 6'6", six, six, and she freaked out. I was like, I'm kidding. He was like 6'2". It's okay. It was completely abnormal or anything. But so, and then you order it. And so you're like, okay, this person. And then we intentionally... After several tries at home with, like, lack of a better term, basically the turkey baster method, um, we ordered it and actually went with a, a doctor at, like, the, just the right time to inseminate at the doctor's office. And we intentionally picked somebody who had already had successful pregnancies. Um, I would say I know that there was somebody, I don't remember if it was first or first grade or kindergarten, that somebody told Eli something about, there couldn't be two moms or something like that. And I remember saying something to the effect of like, well, you can tell them they're wrong. You know, that's about it. Because um, I really didn't want to like introduce it from a category of like adversity or anything like that. I will tell you all about it when we are done. Um, but um, so that, that I just seemed like I didn't want to set her up for like, you know, a big argument with some kid in her class, you know, I'm not going right. to pulling out like, well, there's different interpretations of Bible verses, you know, like sort of, yeah. you know, it just seems, yeah. just but seems I, like the right way to go. I think, um, oh, go ahead, I, sorry. well, I, so I had this really interesting experience just a couple of days ago with Eli where, um, we were, we were watching a TV show and, um, and a kid came out to his parents and she didn't get it. Like, she was like, why would you have to tell them? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why does that matter? And it was like the most precious thing ever. I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't know that like coming out is a thing because mm-hmm. she doesn't know what to think because she's like, talks about people getting married fluidly. Like it would never mm-hmm. occur to her that like anyone would think differently about marrying a, a man or a woman. It's mm-hmm. like, it's all the same and it's amazing. And I, I think, um, and so I told her a little bit about it and she, you know, she was surprised, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of great because I mean, I, and I think like, it's important for her to know at some point, but what she has internalized now is like that every, like every kind of relationship is okay if you love someone and you're kind. And yeah. so then we can like now that she's older like old enough to really have like more complex thoughts about it then we can we can teach about the hard things yeah, yeah it's just so weird living in like 
living in places like we do, like in this little bubble, not just with this, but with everything that's going on in the world right now, where it's just like mind boggling to think there's people who don't accept what, like, and just, I mean, I, to be honest, and I feel a little guilty about this, but I mean, I'm this age when I am having this realization that there's people who strongly are against different kinds of people that I think are totally fine because that's how I grew up. And so I wish that I would have, you know, been taught to, you know, I mean, it's hard to wake up and learn these things and see other parts of the world that believe differently than you. But I wish that I would have started exploring that a little bit sooner because then maybe I could have done something to help rather than just like live in this bubble where everybody loves Mm -hmm. everybody and the world's great. And, you know, it's just, yeah. You know, one of the things that I remember experiencing when the girls were young, um, especially with Seattle Children's Hospital. One second, Avery, I promise we're going to talk about all these things later. Um, This is going to be here. That's how it's going to be. Um, So um, is that we would take, because Avery just had a whole lot of follow-ups down there. She still does, but not nearly as as early as they used to be. Um, But I would go down there. and when it was both Beth and I down there, or especially if on the times when it was just me, and then they would ask, do you have any adoption paperwork or something like that with it? And I'd say, no, I'm her other parent. I'm on the birth certificate. And finally, like when marriage finally passed nationwide, but marriage had already passed here, mm-hmm. like it was in, and everything but marriage law had passed here, referendum 74, all of that had gone in prior to the girls being born, but ma- marriage had already passed here in Washington State as well. And so... Um, it was one of those things where, and finally I, and I, I remember, I remember Beth was with me. I don't remember, I don't remember what kind of appointment it was for. I know it was for Avery. I remember where we were standing where they had asked me that. And I finally said, if you ask me that one more time, I will file a lawsuit. Cause I was just so sick of being asked if I was one of the parents, because if you're married, you're automatically on the, on the birth certificate. If you're the father, because you're presumed to be legally the other parent. Now it literally doesn't matter if the female in that relationship has been sleeping with every other male on the Western hemisphere, the, by law, who she's married to is considered the legal parent, right? Until somebody comes and challenges it and goes through a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they asked me every time, I was like, seriously, that could have gone and gone the natural way to get pregnant. And I still would be the legal parent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to do anything to be on that birth certificate. And it was just made me so crazy to be asked every single time. And the best part was, is they didn't actually have any way of knowing who the birth parent was standing there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, granted, Avery looks a lot like Beth. Eli looks like they've cloned Beth, you know? <laughs> um, but, so I will give them that. But that's an easy one to be like, okay, that's some DNA right there, right? But it just, that was one of those things that even in, like, in Seattle Children's, super progressive, super everything, most of the time, nobody better than I, but every time they asked me that, there was just this little part of me that just felt like they were just scratching at me, yeah. you know, kind of like it took my mom about six months to quit calling me Aunt Christina to my own kids. And it was crazy making, crazy making mm. that sort of stuff where you were like, so these are going to be your grandkids and I'm on the birth certificate and I'm on the birth certificate. So yeah. just that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 I can- Thank you for being open about that, you guys. I know I'm like, tell us all about all your life struggles. <laughs> you yeah. put all into one episode. Uh, if you want that a written version, apparently my watch is recording all that, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is all that? Yeah. Go on. So um, you mentioned a little bit, okay, about um, getting questioned and stuff in Seattle. Have you guys had, you guys or your kids, had any kind of interactions in Bellingham? Like we were saying, we feel like Bellingham's this, like, awesome, safe bubble, and everyone gets along until now I've seen... I mean, I've been in down pride parades and seen the protesters on the corner, and I'm like, people like that live here? I would know. I am in a bubble. So have you guys had any experiences like that in town that make you feel not as warm and fuzzy? Not, like, I, nothing, nothing direct, but um, what I think really, like, strikes me when you talk about it as being a bubble, you know, um, I, like, I wasn't out at work until, um, until the kids, until I was, like, 20 weeks along, 15, something like that, like, um, like, most of my coworkers found out because I, because, um, I ended up in the hospital on bed rest, like, like, they didn't know who my significant other was, they knew I was, they, and they, it was, I feel like, I was pretty far along before I even told them I was pregnant and I didn't say anything about who my spouse was. And at the time, um, the school district like didn't include sexual orientation in their non-discrimination policy. And so I was really, which I mean, that was nine years ago. So I was really anxious about that. I, I was pretty, you know, I was, I was, uh, pretty new here and like to the you know the town and um I didn't know a lot of people and I didn't know like I didn't really know what the climate was and when that wasn't part of the non-discrimination policy at my work I felt like I couldn't be really forthright about it um and that's changed like it's changed radically in in those nine years um you know our superintendent did like you know I like featured a sorry it's my dog in the background um <laughs> um like featured dogs walking by it's gonna be a big <laughs> deal around here um I featured a story on you know a tra- transgender student um like you know very much like in support of our transgender youth um I, just a couple of years ago um, and so I truly, I feel like we've come a really long way in a pretty short period of time, but even just nine years ago, um, it wasn't clear enough that it was a supportive community that I even felt like I could be out at work. I had almost forgotten that. I mean, well, I had forgotten until you mentioned that, that that was one of the things going on at the time when you went on bed rest is that you were so afraid of people finding out that you were in a same sex marriage and that, um, that it could cost you your job or anything like that. I mean, when it happened, people like I feel like her coworkers were ended up being really supportive, and people tried to donate like time off for her and things like that. But, um, you know, it's a legit fear, especially, um, I you know I can't speak to best personal you know fears at the moment on the inside, but like both of us did grow up in these really conservative households, and so it's really easy, at least on the opposite, I think, from where you were talking about Megan, where we kind of have this instinctual kind of going. I'm doubting they're coming from a place of everybody loves everybody, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, when yeah. Beth was talking a minute ago about this really awesome, you know, view, one of our kids is just like, Oh wow. Why would that be even a thing? Whereas we grew up in a thing of like, 
acting like that was the most abnormal thing ever. Right. And so having a completely opposite experience. And so it's really amazing on one hand that we're getting to see people have this totally different, you know, life and point of view and, you know, their, their total perspective shift. But on the other hand, it's sort of amazing to think, yeah, that was just nine years ago, you know, and what all has changed in both legally protection wise and what's, you know, some of the rollbacks that have already started to happen or are at risk of happening in the process too. So, yeah, but definitely some potential issues. Yeah. Well, and that brings us to what are some of the misconceptions people have about same sex parents and what are the, some of the worst questions you guys have been asked? Um, you know, I have to say most of my worst questions. I mean, at first, there's a couple of things that are just some of the stupid ones, like who's the dad, stuff like that. I think we got a few of those weird ones, but not very many. I think most of them are weird um, questions about um, twins and things like, are they natural, you know, mm-hmm. and fun questions that go along with that of like, no one's biomechanic or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, what, people what really that seem to think the moment you have more than one kid, or that obviously there was some sort of extra process involved in getting pregnant, which a lot of people do. Like I remember mm-hmm. walking into that doctor's office that we went to to get pregnant, and I looked at, it, I was like, "Oh my god, I know half these kids." Yeah, and I was like, "That was my former paralegal, and that was so and so." And I was like, "I was really excited because like this means mm-hmm. this person's good at their job because I know these kids, you know, I know yeah. these families." <laughs> but um, I was like, "We're gonna get pregnant here," you know. <laughs> but at the same time, like suddenly because it's obvious there was something else involved here people felt really like it was okay to ask Mm -hmm. and then when there's multiples it seems to really open up the questions that are super bizarre and that seems to go for to my knowledge any parent of twins Mm -hmm. where they ask all sorts of very bizarre stuff you know (laughs) and and stupid things as well people are very stupid about twins very very (laughs) stupid I've I've heard people ask questions like about boy and girl twins out there and if they were identical twins or not and uh, this is the moment where a podcast is not going to adequately capture everybody's face their faces yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just all sorts of things you know our girls do look alike um, but they're obviously sisters look alike not identical twins look alike but I remember dropping off Uh, the girls for school one morning and you know at this point the girls I mean they look the same age but are developmentally in kind of different areas of life but um and I'm holding Avery's hand and walking her into school and Eli's running ahead and one of the teachers goes oh my goodness that's amazing and I remember and I kind of like I just happened to be standing right there and I said what and they go well that little girl with the yellow backpack could almost be related to your daughter right there I was like that's her twin sister oh so they're so they're sisters then. I'm like, <laughs> you teach? I didn't say you teach because yeah. I have to bring my kids back there the next day. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want the phone call from back. Yeah. <laughs> but that was sort of my thought. It's like, you're the educational system. <laughs> Those sort of things. But yeah, I don't know, Beth, have you gotten weird ones? Um... I, I don't I don't think so and I think that's very much probably representative of the like the bubble that we live in mm-hmm. I feel like the worst is when I just when I have to scratch stuff out on forms and, mm-hmm. and that's like nothing I like I think there are probably lots of parents who have radically different and way more mm-hmm. challenging experience right but I'm like 
you know, scratch out, you know, father's name kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, but really, like, nothing. Um, I, I feel like my experience has been overwhelmingly positive. Good. Good. Yeah. 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 Which is really unfortunate. And I think probably probably not a good representation of people's experiences like across the country as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I often have to do, and just because the kind of work I do, I do I still do same sex parent adoption. So which is I'm gonna say right now, I haven't done my own yet. (laughs) I have signatures sitting out there. Beth would always retie them to re up them. But because, you know, even while legally it's required for people to recognize it in other states, there's still that risk, right? So technically, I still advise people like, hey, I get you on your kid's birth certificate. You were legally married when they were born, blah, 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 blah. I still advise people to go get an adoption done. They don't have to do home studies anymore or any of the stuff that used to have to be done, but I still advise it because of that. And so those are some of the ways that I still recognize that it's an issue out there, but um, you know, but what you don't want to do is be in a, a traveling situation. And it occurs to me when I've traveled with my kids, I've still, you know, I, I've had things signed by Beth that I travel with, you know, but if I go somewhere and then they call into question whether or not I'm really the parent or something like that, or worse, I mean, I think it's kind of an advantage when you're the only parent standing there, but if there's two parents standing there, I think the chances of bias are higher actually, mm. because like if Beth and I are both standing there, then you have, that's when you have the two women standing there and what and the chances of them going, well, who's the real mom, mm. you know? And I have had that question before, well, who's the real mom, you yeah. know? And I feel like that's just as derogatory to us as it is to every human being out there who's like adopted or been adopted or mm-hmm. anything like that. And you want to be like, well, you know, they're still parenting. They're a real mom, you know, yeah. those sort of things. And so yeah. I think those are the only sort of other aspects of it that come in. Yeah. But I, I also want to say that I think it's important, like, the, the if people are curious and are wanting to learn or wanting to, like, embark on that journey, like, giving people the space to ask, like, who's the biological mom and have that conversation is totally okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was... I was adopted as well. And so, you know, I get like, say like, who's the real mom? Like that's, that's not an okay way to ask that question. But I think also if you're like genuinely curious and wanting to learn, like asking more appropriately, like who's the biological mom is, mm-hmm. is an okay question if it's coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 In my in my research for this episode, yeah. <laughs> I'm those. dying for these questions. <laughs> I know, right? I'll have to I kind of want you to ask them. <laughs> um, there, I, I remember some of them were just really like um, technical, like biology, biological kind of questions. That mm-hmm. I'm like, why would you feel like that's okay to ask anyone ever? Like, mm-hmm. seemed super bizarre. Um, besides the, yeah, which one of you's the dad and, oh, well, well, what do they call you? Like, or do they just have mom and mom? Who do you know? Who, how do you know who they're talking to? Tone of voice always matters on that one. I <laughs> yeah. Cause that, so that is a legit question. Um, mm-hmm. I think again, like, um, I'm not sure if this is what you meant, Christina, but like getting clarification on like how to refer to each parent. So Often, I feel like people, when they talk about someone else's mom, they like when they're talking to a child, they really like default to mommy. Mm-hmm. And if people talk to Avery about her mommy and they're talking about me, 
Avery thinks they're talking about Christina. And, like, mm-hmm. that has thrown her hardcore mm-hmm. sometimes. Where she's like, what do you mean mommy's coming? I thought, like, I thought we were doing this. I thought I was staying here today. Like, you know, that. Yeah. Like, that, like, if you, if right. So, they call me mama and Christina mommy. Or mama Beth and mommy Christina. And, um, like, I don't, I don't feel like either of us is, like, uptight or, like, like ridiculously attached to what they call us Mm -hmm. but if if they're if the kids are young or have developmental delays and you don't get it right like the level of confusion you can cause a small child about like who's picking them up from school can be like that's pretty intense so Mm -hmm. that's a thing where it's like you know again asking the question in an appropriate like respectful mm-hmm. kind of way like because you want to use the right word is really different than being like not who's the mom but you know like getting that stuff right matters for the kids and that's a conversation that we actually had for a long time about because I was really like I wanted to be able to be mom when they were older and mommy when they were younger mm-hmm. and I didn't ever want to be mama like I, that was something that was very southern to me and I have always been trying to cast <laughs> off my southern roots like I, as long as I can remember I was like anything to distance myself from having grown up in the south mm-hmm. and <laughs> we went through a lot of possibilities for other names to be called for Beth and finally she was like really like she's like I really want to be called mama though and so that's how we had decided it and so we were like you know fine whatever it's cool yeah. and so we went with that and but it was a really big conversation because, you know, we talked to other friends of ours, you know, and what their kids called them and all that sort of stuff. And what, what kids call their two moms or their two dads. I mean, it is a really broad spectrum of things, you know, just like you ask from kids from different cultures, what they call their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, while most of them have a mom or a mama sort of term, you know, throughout America, their grandparents, you know, Nana and, Nona, Mama, uh, Granny, Grandma, you know, first name only so they don't sound old, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many names out there between the same-sex couples, like the name of, you know, the other parent, if there's one mom. It's just so, it's so varied. And so that was actually a long conversation we had back before they were born. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm really, like obsessed with your guys's relationship as co-parents on top of everything like how like you guys just seem like like it doesn't seem like you're not together if that's okay to say so I'm just like so curious about how the co-parenting works because like, we're not together like, <laughs> like you just seem like such good friends and like such a healthy positive relationship and I mean we haven't ever had any single parents or co-parents on the show. So it'd be really nice to hear a little bit about like, how, how's it going? What works? What doesn't? Um, so Beth is a genuinely nice person. I'll tell you, you what you see is what you get there. I spend a lot of time in therapy. So <laughs> that's that's <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> We're big therapy supporters on this show. <laughs> I'm sure Beth does too, but like she is a genuinely nice person and it took a lot of work for me to get here. But um, I will say, <laughs> I do think we are good friends and I think that we love each other. We love our friendship um, and we are good co-parents. And I think that that's something that we work really hard at. Um, and I think it's something we both remind ourselves and I, I feel like I try to remind her that I'm on her side and like that she's a good parent, et cetera. But um, 
when when we split up, one of the rules I had was that I didn't want to be the clients when I when I do divorce law or and when I did more of divorce law stuff is I never I didn't want to be in the any of the clients that made me crazy, mm-hmm. and that was my rule. You know, the ones who I felt like were pulling the kids places, were arguing about stuff, you know, were using the kids about money, that sort of thing. And that was kind of my personal rule because I felt like I saw the worst of it out there. And that's how I approached it. And, and I don't know about, I mean, and I'm sure there's all sorts of, you know, messy stuff out there that won't go on to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hint, Beth. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I also will say that um, I think that Beth has, is one of those people who always has, I've seen make a very concerted effort to say, how is this affecting my kids? Mm-hmm. you know and um and that's something that is it's just impossible you know whatever else has gone on in my life and the world you know nobody could ever tell me that Beth is a bad parent and me think that that'd be true mm-hmm. like that's something that I've always admired about her that's always respected about her and um and you know it's always a good litmus test if somebody I know or I care about or I'm friends with or have been in relationships with has something negative to say about her as a parent and I'm kind of, it's normally a good sign of like wow you've got something wrong with you <laughs> because she <laughs> she's somebody who generally puts the kids first and, and that's I mean everybody's human everybody has a selfish element to them but she just really does and um and when you keep that in mind and you really are trying to figure out how to do that as um the best you can as a team and she is the primary caregiver I never had a delusion that that should be me they would not do well with that as being me you know I joke I'm a safe enough parent it's not Apparently, it's not Beth's favorite joke, according to Eli. Uh, <laughs> I, it's possible I've told her you shouldn't make CPS jokes to them. <laughs> but, it's, but you know, they they are they are safe enough, and they and they and they do okay, and you know, we we figure it out. But you know, they also have, I feel like they all, they always know that there's no secrets or anything like that when it comes to that. And then there'll be a united front. Like Eli tries sometimes. So hard. If she asks me for something and she turns around and asks Beth, you know, there's going to be a message pretty soon saying, no, I already said no to that. (laughs) That sort of stuff. That there's a united front out there for a reason. So that like divorced parents aren't fun, but it's not going to be where sh- people can get used against each other. I'm getting notes passed to me, by the way, to pass to you, Beth, that I'll give you later. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so that's, that's my end of that. So, yeah. Nice. I think my end might be, I don't. That that was that was an incredibly kind response, um, and so thank you. But I I do think that we have both always like always made it about about them first, mm-hmm. um, and so as long as we can make it about them and not about us, um, that serves everybody really really well. Um, and I know, like, and I know that that's where Christina is always coming from. Um, you know, and we were like together long enough too, that like, I know, I know, I know enough about who she doesn't want to be like that. I've got a a nice reference point there. Um, right. Like I, I, I know that, that that's genuine. Um, 
And, and I think it probably really works in our favor that like, from the beginning, you know, when I was like, I want to be a parent and Christina was like, yeah, I do too. But we were also both very in agreement about like, I wanted to be the primary caregiver, you know? And so I think, I think if we had, if we were coming to the table with really different agendas about that, like it could be really horrid and ugly. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's worked out that we like, the roles that we wanted to play with our kids um, have like, that's been really like consistent. And, and again, like if, if we were, if we weren't thinking about their needs when we make decisions and do things, it would be really, um, it'd be really different. And I, I mean, on a very regular basis, think about how fortunate I am that um I, that Christina is not like so many other people who, you know, like I, I just, you hear terrible, terrible things about couples that aren't together, how mm-hmm. they use, how they use their kids and use them for power and for money and manipulation. And like, we don't have that ever. And I am really, I'm, I'm so grateful for them that we don't have that. Yeah. Uh, this I'm gonna go there, and you guys don't have to answer if you don't want to. But what about dating now, as you guys are separated? I mean, have you had that conversation? What does that look like? Are either of you dating? And <laughs> what do the kids think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I've quiet. Wait, 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 I've, let, I've let me preface this. Wait, Bad wait, idea. Wait, <laughs> Christina. Let me just preface this with earlier today. Eli said that you and I are extreme opposites. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. That's totally legit. Eli's a very observant child. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> oh, and I, I will say we cannot get off this call at any point without me sharing Eli's parenting tips that she wanted me to give you guys. Okay. Oh, um, perfect. <laughs> she, she does, she does not like when I do half the ones on that list, but she did write them for me. Um, but so I've actually been married twice now since, um, um, Beth and I separated in 2015, both were enormous disasters. Um, and, uh, neither to people as kind as Beth, um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I I seem to be a serial monogamous and fit a horrible stereotype of lesbians in that category. Um, (laughs) I have a feeling that one day Beth will meet somebody and I will be really upset that that person might get to spend more time around my kids than I do. But um, assuming that they're not a psychopath, then I'll be really grateful that there'll be enough. You know, I'm always about more people to love, you know, kids than ever possible. I'm always a big mm-hmm. fan of It's the Village. Um, and so um, if she does it, and I've considered trying to set her up with people before, um, but unfortunately, most of the people I know are roller derby girls and I know them because I am one and so at the same time I'm like I don't know if I trust them (laughs) so (laughs) um, but yeah so uh yeah so that's where I've been since then and yeah I don't know that's about it I don't I've I've never gone without dating too too long unfortunately <laughs> that's that's we don't need to talk, we need to talk about something else now. Yeah. <laughs> so extreme opposites. I on the other hand, like haven't even entertained a relationship since we broke up. Um I like I I can't figure out 
a like, like I don't I don't know where that would fit in my life. There's not any space for anything. Um, and you know, sometimes Eli Eli will talk to me about it. <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, I always say like. You know, if I if I was gonna date someone or marry someone, they would have to, um, they would have to be, like, they would have to be really, really kind, and they would have to think that you're as amazing as I do, and they would have to be okay with you and Avery always being first, and it's probably a pretty tall order. Um, so I don't know, like, yeah. So it's a real tall order. <laughs> well, thank you guys for answering that question. I was just curious and <laughs> yeah. I appreciate your honesty and your candid. Well, would you guys, so you mentioned earlier the little tip about little tip about the adoption thing. Do you have any other like advice for other same sex parents, things that they should like look out for, look into? Um, I'll say, uh, my free legal advice what is it Thir- free legal advice thursday that you actually see a thing i do on my facebook page actually um <laughs> it was run by obnoxious things like don't complain about not hearing from your attorney when you won't return their phone calls but um, <laughs> do do an adoption even though you're married and on the birth certificate um but uh i don't know i would say always make sure you have great communication and you both understand what the goals are for your kiddo and, um, and we, and know, Beth and I both have rules of like, you know, like we try to return stuff to each other, like any divorced couple, but we also are like, you know, it's the kid's toys. It's not, it's not my toy. It belongs to Eli, it belongs to Avery, those sort of things. But yeah. I don't know that any of our rules would be any different or suggestions than from, um, well, well, other couples well, and, you know, make sure they have tablets or you're not going to be able to break. Like that's just... <laughs> Maybe that's just for parents. That's probably just a lesbian thing, right? I just make sure they have iPads. That's a lesbian. I'm sure. Well, I appreciate you guys letting us ask away from our... I just, yeah, felt really ignorant coming to you with questions like, so tell me about being a lesbian. Like, that's totally Big order, but I appreciate you guys talking with us about it and... um. So we are really big on keeping it real around here. We really like to share um, our hot mess moments. And so, I'm, I mean, so far the answer has, like, from everyone that we get to ask, they're like, my whole life is a hot mess. <laughs> Can you guys um, pick a moment that you would want to share with the listeners? Beth has to go first on this one. I refuse. I've gone first on all the others. Oh, I, I feel like this should be hilarious and creative and like, it's not like coming in the most, like the brilliant shiny way that I want a story to come out. Um, like, like legit my, like my hot mess moments are like when like there's poop everywhere and both kids are yelling at me and I'm like I can't do this anymore um I mean but it's not that funny except sometimes it's funny like you know um 
when 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 you're I won't tell you how recently this story happened, but it might have been really recently when there's like like bags of things covered in poop in the bathtub and you've got the kid clean and you're trying to keep the dog out of the bedroom where there's more poop and then there's a bee and you're like, No, like I can't open the window even though it reeks of poop in here and you <laughs> dog get out of here and close the window and just no. Like that's Was that that's, today? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. I feel like this is the story she was telling me about. Like, why are you not here yet to pick up these children? <laughs> yes, and uh, and well, I misread Christina's you. text message about what time she was picking up the kids. I thought she said she was done with court at two, but she said she had court at two. Oh. I told my boss I could do a work meeting at four, and at three forty-five, like. Um, I was like, I'm calling Christina. I'm like, where are you? Oh <laughs> I can't show up for a work meeting in 15 minutes. Everyone's yelling at me. There's poop everywhere. That is my life all of the time. That's okay. <laughs> at least. And then I called my friend who likes to hear my stories about when things are really disastrous. And um, she laughed with me and like, it reminds her that her life could be worse. <laughs> A true friend. Right? We all need that friend. And, and I feel really good because I made her laugh and reminded her that it could be worse. So, you know, uh, that, that was a couple I, hours ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's always disheartening to find out you're that friend, you know, that <laughs> makes him feel better. Because it could be your life. <laughs> I I was like, who do I call? Because I, I can play that role for so many people where I'm like, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um so uh trying to think so I have plenty of hot mess moments. Um and I feel like so Beth already got a good poop story in, which there's just a ton of those, right? Like I could share numerous of those. Ooh, ooh. Um, like Costco. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, when you put that out there, I could Do give it. you two. I'll give you. I'll give you the gross one first, and you can edit that okay. out if you need to. But <laughs> no, um, we're keeping it. Now it's in. Okay. So here it is. I, my Facebook friends are going to go way down after this goes out. Um, so when the girls were really little, so I, in case you haven't caught on by now, um, our twins, one of them has some significant special needs. Um, and when Avery here was really little, she was connected to a lot of things, including she had an oxygen tank that went with her everywhere and sometimes feeding tubes. And what? sometimes the very, we're talking about how great you are, Avery. Um, and one of the sometimes the very best I could do as a co-parent when we were when we were still together is to say I'm going to get these kids out of this house, right? And we would go to uh-huh. and I'm great at Costco. You need me to go to Costco? I can get our entire list in under 25 minutes and out. And if you bring Dax with me, we can uh-huh. get it in 20. And I'm telling I know they're both looking at me like really. Uh-huh. I'll get your list. No. Especially the Bellingham Costco. That's awesome. Right. That's impressive. So I go in there and I've got both girls and I'm doing it. I've got the list. I've got the stuff. I'm doing great, right? And at one point, um, Eli manages, I don't know if she pooped all over herself now or vomited all over herself now, but she, we were, you know, in one of those double uh, carrier things where it has both the snap and go things with both of the car seats in it. And it was one of those things where she is screaming bloody murder. And, um, and you know, there was no waiting to get outside. And I had a full cart too, right? Like you have to check out once you've done all that work. 
Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah, everybody's nodding. Everybody's like, yeah, you've done the work. you got to keep it. <laughs> so there was no, like, putting the car to the side and taking everybody, including, you know, the baby that has all the stuff connected to her, to the bathroom to change this child. So at that point, we're changing Eli. I'm changing. I say we, the you know, universal we, Eli and I, basically, um, on one of those gigantic 30-pound bags of rice or flour or whatever that is. I'm hoping that it not get sold to a human being out there. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, like, get all the stuff, like, get all the cloth parts of her car seat out so it's not like that and shoving it into the diaper bag. But then, wait, oh, wait, there's, there's more. So then we all get out to the car, and I realized at that moment after we checked out and all the way out to the car, that that's the moment I realized that I really need to use the restroom. And it was that moment in life where not only do you need to use the restroom, but it is like one of those where, you know, it cannot wait. And you can't just get out, right? Because I have two little girls and one of them is, did I mention connected to everything? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like, oh, well, I, I don't know what to do. And, the, and finally, I realized that the only option I have at that moment is that there are plenty of diapers in that car. Oh. And I used one of those to use the restroom. And there was nothing quite like after that moment of driving home being like, well, we've got the groceries. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is alive and well. <laughs> you know? So, um, so that, was, that was that moment. But the not quite as disgusting, but I thought one of the highlight moments of my parenting life, though, was really when, um, because of the kind of work I do, sometimes my clients are a little bit MIA. And, um, and I need to reach them for whatever reason. And oftentimes it's because I don't want their rights terminated against their will, you know? And so I get a call and Avery had been homesick that day from school and I was home with her and, um, and I, what? and they found what? one of, I'm going to tell you all about it in talk, just a minute. Just a talk, second. Talk, talk about. About you? What? I can talk yeah, about you. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, about women who I get homesick from. I will tell them all about it. Okay. Her favorite story, um, by the way, is when she threw a ball over her nanny's bed. <laughs> oh, that's a good story, too. But, um, so I'm home with her, and I, but I, and I get a call from a social worker saying that my client is in jail, and I could go find her, like, that moment at jail to go sign some paperwork, which means we can avoid a trial, we can avoid all these sort of things, and I'm like, really? I don't know what you, I'm like, I have Avery. And I'm not just leaving this kid with anybody. This is not a kid that you can call her like, well, 15-year-old and be like, hey, can you watch my kid for 15 minutes, right? But luckily, what um, the social worker who works for kind of, I quote, my side there, uh, the office of public defense side, Ruth, used to be our neighbor, knows Beth, knows me, knows Avery really well. And Ruth was going to be around. And then one of the guardian ad litems also was going to be around. They needed to have a meeting at the, at the CPS office, though. And I was like, all right, Ruth can you watch her while I go do this thing? And so I literally pinned the back of my child's clothes, a note that says, do not place me. <laughs> in other words, don't put this child in foster care. <laughs> Send her in with my friend into the department while I go off to the local county jail to find a client to sign some paperwork. Because that was it. I took a picture of it. But it was just one of those times in life where I was like, well, I have a weird job and a weird life, you know? And it all worked out fine. And I'm really grateful that I happen to have, like, a good working relationship with so many of those people. And it worked well. And that, you know, I was able to find the client, et cetera, et cetera. But it was one of those moments where later I was like, so Avery had an adventure on her day home six from the school. And <laughs> now, now, obviously, this is pre-COVID before, 
you know, being sick meant that basically you should not be near anybody ever for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. But I, and then I could tell you guys all about how she threw up on Nona's bed one time, but that's probably a totally different story. That's <laughs> who everybody wants. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are all so good. <laughs> and I, I know that the diaper thing is like, uh, maybe like a little embarrassing to tell or whatever, but I'm proud. And like, so, I think that is, so, I was like, that's when you just got to open the door, pee in the parking lot. Like, no, I know. I have so many questions. Like, was it like, did the diaper work? Was I'm like taking notes because I we, have to I pee all two. the time. I had used two. I had okay. used two because, you know, they're not meant for an adult right. bladder. Yeah. Right? You know, oh. they're meant for small people. No, like, I mean, so if you have, if you have like an industrial size bladder and you can hold it for a long time and then you can't hold it anymore, mm. two isn't going to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> Says Beth, who's like gone all day when teaching in, in classrooms before without stopping to use a restroom. Right. Like you got to be able to hold it all day or you can't be a teacher. It's yeah. kind of a rule. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so these are, this is the feedback we need to give diaper companies like listen sometimes adults have to use their kids diapers so maybe you can just make them hold a little bit more than you think they need to okay. I feel like in COVID okay. times that's a really good tip though I mean I'm like why haven't I thought about that I mean I've basically like peed my pants on the side of the road because I don't want to go use a public restroom when I have a diaper bag in the back seat dang it legit legit <laughs> because those public restrooms are disgusting to to start with, but now you add the, like, you know, whatever percentage of the universe who believes that we're not in a pandemic. And so yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. So now you know. Now I know. You basically, say, my life has changed. Look at us. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we hope we wrapped it up. Um, to you guys, what's next for you guys? And if someone wanted to reach out and like maybe ask you questions or follow along on your, uh, on your journeys. Or if you have like a work Instagram or something, where would people be able to find you if you want them to? <laughs> um, if you want to find my real insanity, I'm on TikTok. Oh, yes. Moms and bad. Uh, I think it's king of puns and bad mom jokes is my handle on there. Oh, that's where you can find I'm a me. Big fan. Go check that out because hilarious oh my gosh i don't we megan and i both went through a real big tiktok phase there for a while and now my husband is the one that's like on tiktok all the time and he is so not like he doesn't even go, on, go find your husband's stuff. oh yeah well, no no that's the thing he doesn't post anything but uh, he, he just watches watch the it. videos because there because there's i think because there's no there's been no sports for so long there's a lot of like sporty <laughs> tiktok things I don't know, but so I go on every few days and I'll have like 25 new videos that he sent me. <laughs> <laughs> those, but oh, too, oh, that's too funny. But yeah, yours is. Or really... people can people can find me at my law office, which is Christina King Law gmail.com if they have like budget questions or questions about like same-sex parent adoptions and things like that. So that'd be the best way to find me, I suppose. Perfect. Beth, right. how do they stop you? How do they start? I mean, I don't have much of a public presence, you know what I mean? That's a good Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like, if you super want to stop me, like, contact Christina and she can filter you and I'll be happy to respond if she says I should. Perfect. <laughs> People ask for her info all the time and I'm sometimes like, mm, maybe. <laughs> Let me find out. Yeah. 
I I have I like in in the uh, you know I don't know life my life management sucks is what I usually say because it does, and my rate of responding to things is not awesome. But if it's like super super important and somebody I know says, hey, this is really important, then I like I'll make a really concentrated effort because it's um, kind of like a manage. Yeah. No. That's awesome. And thank right. you for making time to chat with us tonight. I know I'm sorry we're disturbing the little ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. Are you going to read them? All right. So this is Eli's suggestions for parenting, um, which is you should be giving, but don't go overboard to when you're broke. Um, don't be grumpy. <laughs> that might have been directed at me. <laughs> Do more active things with your kids to keep them healthy. She hates that, by the way. I don't know why she puts that on there, because she hates it if you try to make her exercise. <laughs> Keep your kids healthy with fruits and veggies. Again, she hates that. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's on there. And make sure that you are kind and uh, make sure that they are kind and safe. So this is uh, parenting advice via Eli Nelson King. And I think it is excellent, honestly. And I should try to practice these. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> I know. I know. This is her suggestion. She's ready to podcast. be a mom. <laughs> <laughs> the faces. Sometimes oh. I really wish we published the video because that was <laughs> Okay, Grandma. <laughs> oh my gosh. She calls me that all the time when she's playing with her dolls just to upset me. Like, Can't they be your sister? No, you're the grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so, so much. We will let you thank go you. back to life. Thanks. We appreciate your time. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.